0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We're going to get you set for the uh, first-round elimination games in the ECAC Hockey Tournament, a new format this year, just the one game instead of the best of three. So uh, it's a sudden-death game, as I like to call it. Uh, uh, Four series will take place this weekend, including Union hosting Princeton. Those two teams just played last Saturday at Mesa, and Union came away with a 3-1 win to give them home ice, getting the uh, third tiebreaker, which was most points, against the top four teams in the conference uh, the other two tiebreakers they were tied at um, uh, head-to-head they split the season series and uh, wins in regulation and overtime they were tied there as well so this will be the sixth time that the tigers and the dutchmen are meeting in the postseason that's the fourth time since 2017 these teams have played they played it last year at mess in the best of three and union came out with a uh, 3-2 victory in game one, and then a series-clinching 5-1 victory uh, in game two. Um, Howard Princeton leads the uh, playoff series three games to to, to two. Um, Princeton, this won't be the first time that Union and Princeton are playing on a one-game elimination game. Uh, Back in 1995, when the uh, conference took 10 of the 12 teams to the tournament, they played a Tuesday preliminary round game, and Union was a 10th seed that year. Uh, they had to go down to uh, Princeton, New Jersey to face the Tigers at Huey Baker Rink, and uh, uh, the Dutchman lost that night uh, 5-2 to to end their season, because they bet again in 2009 in the quarterfinals down at Princeton, and that went three games with Princeton coming out on top of that one. Uh, they, they met again in 2017, and it was in the quarterfinals, uh, a two-game series, and it was Union swept the series and it was best remembered for Mike Becchione, his final game at Mesa Rink in Game 2. Uh, pulled down from behind early in overtime. Of course, Union had a rally to send the game to overtime when uh, Spencer Fu scored uh, in the final minute. Um, as I said, Vecchioni uh, was pulled down on a breakaway, got a penalty shot, scored on it, ended the series and sent Union up to Lake Placid for the uh, championship round of the ECAC Hockey Tournament. Uh, Union ended up losing to uh, Cornell in the semifinal. They did get to the NCAAs that year and lost to Penn State in the Midwest regional semifinal uh, giving up 10 goals in that game against Penn State. Uh, the teams got back together in 2018 for the quarterfinals and not a good uh, ending for the Dutchman. They were swept in that series and um, an ill-advised a pinch by uh, J.C. Broussard, defenseman for Union uh, late in the game and when it appeared game two was headed to overtime. Tigers went out, got on a three-on-one and uh, Won the game three uh, three to two and took the um, series uh, in two games. So what are we looking for this weekend? It's going to be an interesting uh, this game. Um, obviously, yeah, seeing this already. Yeah, seeing this team last week. So preparation probably a little easier for the Dutchmen. And also one thing I, I wrote about in my uh, uh, story on in Wednesday's gazette and online at dailygazette.com. got <coughs> Excuse me, the coughing. But uh, if you remember that uh, February 4th game, when Union gave up six power play goals against Cornell, uh, just just one of those uh, dreadful <laughs> performers. But looking back at it now, it's, it was more of a fluke than anything else because uh, Union since then uh, has really been great on the power play. Um, they just allowed one goal, a power play goal in 20 shorthanded situations in the last 10 games, including uh, 10 straight kills. And before that uh, Cornell game, Union had allowed just three power play goals the 29 shorthanded situations in its seven game stretch. So uh, the percentage right now of the penalty kill, is 76.3, not good. Uh, if you look at uh, obviously the overall situation, uh, because it ranks 10th in the uh, 12 team conference. But I mean, they had issues earlier in the season with it, and uh, they 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 had a. Uh, uh, stretch between October fifteenth, twenty and 20 second when they gave up nine power play goals in 15 attempts that included a four for five effort by umass um, uh, on October 22nd and then uh, they also uh, allowed eight power players in 15 stretch 15 attempts during a December 9th through January 6th stretch so uh the power the penalty kills been up and down but they have really seemed to write it and that righted it and uh, it' been looking good and they're blocking shots and making life a lot easier for our goaltender Connor Murphy. Uh, we're gonna, we, on Tuesday, the uh, Dutchman had their Zoom conference uh, with the reporters. Uh, we, Tuesday, if you're not living in the cap region, we had a s- snowstorm. That didn't turn out to be much of a snowstorm. We did get some snow, but not as much as they expected. But as a precaution, Union uh, decided to, to have a Zoom call with uh, uh, head coach Josh Halji and several players. Uh, those players that joined the Zoom call were goaltender Connor Murphy, Ford uh forward Ben Tupper and Owen Ferris and the John Prokop. Here's what they had to say. Um first for Josh and then the players can answer this. Um how how much of an advantage is it that having just played Princeton that you're going to you know face them again is a, does preparation be a little easier than say if you have play played played someone else that uh, you have hadn't played in a while.
1: Well, yeah, obviously like the pre-scout's a little a little bit less work and it's just you know, we 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 have most of the work done, um, and then we have a game to just kind of you know reference. Um, you know, but for the most part, I think obviously in the playoffs intensity is going to arise, but we're still going to be who we are. It's not like the not like skill level changes. It's just going to be a little bit more intense. Owen? Yeah, definitely. I think it's always hard to, to beat a team twice
2: and to end a team season like uh, in playoffs. It's it's always going to be more intense. Um, so I think that's going to be something you see. In Saturday's game versus this past weekend but you know having home ice having home change um, just those little extra advantages not having to do travel um, they got a pretty long travel day to come up here so I think all those things will play in fact
0: Connor this is a different situation this year as opposed to last year when you played Princeton in the first round last year best two or three this year it's a single game elimination so how much is there more pressure on in this format than there was last year
3: say there's more pressure, but there's definitely a lot smaller room for error. So you know we're gonna have to make sure that we're on top of our game right away, right from the first puck drop, and you know we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have to do the same thing that we did on uh, Saturday this past weekend. So um, yeah, like they said with the preparation, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit easier for us in terms of you know, we know what they're gonna do, and um, you know we're just gonna have to use that and kind of force or work our way into the, the weekend with it.
0: Ben, what about you? Same question. Yeah, I mean, I think that
1: uh, Murph hit it right on the head. I think that the important thing is not to put too much pressure on ourselves. I think we kind of have to treat it uh, not like every other game, but kind of go about our business the way that we have lately and, um, you know, just have have confidence in our abilities and the way that we've been playing. I think that we're hitting our stride at the right time. So um, just understanding what we need to do is going to be important and, um, you know, just, just compete as hard as we can on Saturday.
0: John, you guys have been very uh, successful at home this year. How important is that going into this game? To think you continue that.
2: Uh, It's been very important. I think home ice advantage, that's what we absolutely needed to get off on the right foot going into playoffs. And I think beating Princeton in that last game was huge for us. And I think that'll be really good for us going into Saturday, too.
0: Josh, I mean, how important is it to avoid complacency knowing that you just beat them uh, a few days ago?
1: Yeah, there's there's not, you know, a lot of room for error here. I mean, it's it's a one game and we, we can't feel, you know, too confident about the fact that we just won. I mean, it, it's, it's a whole new game and we got to go out and win on Saturday. And if we don't, you know, that's, that's it. So um, there, there's really no room for, for us to just take anyone lightly at this point of the season.
0: What do you think of this one-game format? I know a lot of the coaches um, expressing displeasure with it. I know Ron Fogarty you know, expressed his uh, comments uh, after the game Saturday. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a you know a huge voice in you know you know what happens with you know how the league format goes, but if, at the end of the day, I think we're gonna you know have a a big-time crowd. I think it's gonna be a ton of energy in the building and. Um, you know, I've been a part of some Sunday games and game threes in the series where there's not a lot of people. And I think you're going to have playoff intensity in the game. So, um, uh, I'm excited about having a pack building and, you know, having a bunch of people there supporting us. So, um, uh, whether it's the best of three or, or not, it doesn't matter at this point, it's one game for, uh, everything on Saturday. Josh, that's Pete Doherty with the Times Union. I apologize for not, I don't know what's the matter in my video, but, uh, Ken covered pretty much what I was going to ask, but uh, just the idea of playing the same team back to back—do things, do you try to change things up at all, or just—I mean, the familiarity just going to going to come out because you just saw them. Yeah, I, I think at this you know point of the season, we're going to try to fine tune everything, but we're not going to just you know change something based on anybody that we play. I mean, it's we are who we are at this point. Um, I, I think we can always improve, but I, I like the way we're playing. I
0: for Saturday. Josh, let's look at, um, look at the penalty kill for this team. Uh, you had, since the Cornell game, when you gave up six, this team has allowed just one goal in 20 attempts, has killed off 10 straight. And before the Cornell game, you only had given up three goals in 29 attempts. So uh, it's looking more and more like that Cornell game was just a, a one-off, just a, one of the, one of those games. But Why has the uh, PK been so good in the, uh, yeah, except for that Cornell game. It seems like it's gotten better as the season's going along.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the, the guys that are on the Zoom do a tremendous job for the kill. I think the guys are, are really bought into, you know, being selfless and blocking shots. And, you know, uh, Coach Childs made a change from top-down pressure to straight line, and I think that's been really beneficial for the group. And, um, you know, I, I think it's been something that, you know, our identity is a team that likes to block shots, so I just think it kind of fits with what we're trying to do and um we've been a little bit more aggressive just on our our clears and just being you know getting a three plus one pressure when we have an opportunity so um, it, it just kind of fits who we are
0: can you explain what you meant by that change that uh, that lenny made
1: yeah so we, we were just kind of talking as a staff and um you know at the start of the year we were you know top-down pressuring and um you know that's something that some NHL teams do and we are more familiar with, you know, a straight line penalty killing, which is just stopping and starting, and um, you know, kind of something that 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 we had done at Clarkson, and we just thought it fit us better. And um, you know, Lenny implemented and did a great job. So um, it was a nice switch that that kind of I think has propelled the, the group here.
0: Owen, oh, can you talk a little more, more about the how the, the PK's been doing uh, recently?
2: Yeah, definitely. We're we're definitely since uh, a bit of switch. Um, gained a lot of confidence. I think the, the newer style of penalty definitely fits um, sort of the pieces that we have in terms of being able to be in shot lanes, bigger guys like Tufts, Billy, myself that um, are good at getting in lanes and can kind of keep things to the outside. Um, and murph been obviously a stud in nets, so that's always nice to have. Um, but yeah, I think that it really fits our style and it's something that each game we just build confidence on. Um, And within the game, we get a penalty kill, and it's just like, all right, this is our time to kill it off and and give it back to uh, an opportunity to score a goal.
0: Connor, how big was it to, you know, get over what happened at Cornell and, you know, get back to what you were doing pre-Cornell?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think it was, I mean, obviously what happened at Cornell was difficult to deal with, like, it sucks, but... Um, I think we all had confidence on the power for the penalty kill, excuse me, and, you know, we all knew what we what we had to do, like, we, we've done it before, it was nothing like a huge switch for us, so um, I think just getting back to the basics and, you know, making those small changes like Coach talked about, I think that just kind of, you know, just kind of got us back on the right track there for, uh, for the last games there.
0: Ben and John, how much pride do you guys take in blocking shots on the penalty kill? Let's start with Ben.
1: Yeah, I think the blocking shots has been um, a big piece of our identity all year. I think that we have a lot of guys that understand that for us to be successful as a team, we have to go above and beyond. And one of those things is blocking shots. So um, I think it also provides a lot of momentum and energy for the guys on the bench who are, are going to go over the boards next for you. So. I think that's super important to be a championship team is to do those small details. So I'm super proud of the group
2: for uh, for having that be one of my big pieces this year. John Yeah, like Ben said, it's a huge momentum kind of swing there. And um...
0: <laughs> You went dark. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's all the lights <laughs> in my room. So uh, it's a big momentum swing when you block shots, especially on a penalty kill when Oh, uh, they're up a guy, and um, they can shift the momentum of the game to get uh, your team going in the right
0: direction. So, Josh, I mean, how important was it to forget that Cornell game and get back on track? I mean, I mean, that could have been one of those things where you just, you, you know, the, the guy, the guy's psyche could have been hurt, and you know, we wonder what happened. But you know, it doesn't, it hasn't seemed to affected them that much
1: no it's it's been a resilient group all season i mean we've had some ups and downs and um you know we've never really gotten you know too high or too low in any situation so i I think you know obviously it was a tough game um but it it counted as one loss it didn't you know they didn't get any bonus points for beating us by more and um just like when we beat someone you know you don't get any extra points for beating them by you just got to win the game so it doesn't matter how we went on saturday we just got to win and you would know, like to win as much, by as much as you can, but at the end of the day, it's just advancing at this point. Connor, in the postseason, they always talk about the importance of goaltending. you get a little more pumped up this time of year as a goalie? Yeah,
3: I mean, I think I can speak for everybody when, uh, when I say it's definitely an exciting time of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try to, you know, do anything different than what I've been doing before. So I'm just going to try to keep things simple. And, you know, I, I think I play best when I'm, in a, in a calm headspace and where I can just kind of focus on, on my game. So um, I think overthinking it isn't really going to help me out any much or very much. So I think just, you know, just doing things that I know how to do and keeping things simple is going gonna, gonna to just keep me going in the right direction.
1: Do you have any preference
3: one game versus a three-game series? Uh, um, honestly, I, I don't I haven't played a one-game series, so it's hard to tell. I guess I'll let you know after the weekend. And, you know, we win. So, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're here for – we take one game at a time, so we're, we're going to be there for Saturday and, you know, whatever happens, happens, and uh, hopefully it's a win. But, you know, we're going we're gonna
0: to be ready for it. Oh, and uh, how important is being at home for this game? Uh, yeah, because I said before, you guys have a winning record at home. You, you know, most probably played very well at home.
2: Yeah, I think we, we can grab an extra gear when we're at home. Um, I think that's going to be huge, having fans um, you know, train you on from from the stands and mess always gets loud and the environment for playoffs is, is always fantastic. So, like I said, like little subtleties, home change, you know, knowing our ice surface and stuff like that, um, every little bit helps and when these games are so close and I think it'll make a difference. When
0: well, the football team shows up, they'll make it even uh, uh, noisier. I sure hope they do. <laughs> Josh, everybody pretty healthy at this point?
1: Yeah, uh, we took today off just to kind of, you know, get everybody, you know, just kind of a recovery day and we'll, we'll go here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, you know, we're, we're waiting to see on Christian that He's kind of the only question mark right now, guys, that are that are banged up. Uh,
0: John Prokop uh, was named ECAC Hockey Co-Rookie of the Week on Monday. Uh, the freshman spent two assists in the game against uh, Princeton last Saturday. Uh, ProCop shared the honor with Quinnipiac forward Sam Lipkin. Well, coming up, Josh Sheegan of College Hockey News will make his annual uh, three-week appearance here on the podcast as we preview round one of the ECAC Hockey Tournament and we'll have our thoughts about the new format. You're listening to the Farting Shots Podcast.
1: Hi, this is Michael Kelly, Director of Content for the Daily Gazette. Join Adam Schinder, Will Springstead, and myself for episodes of Full Court Press Row, the Daily Gazette's comprehensive look at the Siena and New Albany men's and women's basketball programs. Listen to Full Court Press Row at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Andrew Catalan of CBS Sports and formerly of News Channel 13 WNYT. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schinder. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the podcast as we continue our uh, look at ECAC Hockey Tournament's first round uh, single elimination game. And uh, for the fourth year in a row, we have uh, Josh Segan of College Hockey News to help us break down these tournaments. And Josh, welcome back. Uh, it's uh, It's been an interesting year in ECAC Hockey. I mean, looking at the four teams that got the first round by before we get into the uh, first round, what what team to surprise you the most got, uh, got the by?
4: Yeah, I'll probably Saint Lawrence. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously being the four seed, um, they've gone through a lot of adversity this year. Obviously, they had a kid coming back from cancer early in the year, and Greg Lapointe, and then you know uh, Jordan Steinmetz going through his adversity there late in the in the first half as well when his family home went up in flames. And there's a lot of you know there's a lot of adversity in that team. And you know you you look at it, you have teams like Colgate and Clarkson who are playing this weekend that probably most people thought would be would be above them but uh, but they beat out those teams got the first round by and uh good for them they get get a home series in a couple weeks and get to avoid uh whatever we have this weekend
0: yeah i mean i i mean i I expected a north country team in the top four just wasn't st lawrence
4: (laughs) yeah exactly i mean yeah we'll talk more about clarkson probably in a little bit. probably you know they probably were the ones that were expected to be up there but yeah it, it turns out to be st lawrence and you know as always for lake placid you hope one of them makes it uh, makes it to uh, makes it to lake placid so uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks but you know the one game playoffs we have this weekend you know throw a new wrinkle and there's really no surprise that you know quinnipiac harvard and cornell uh, got the got the other buys. Those those three have been, you know, the leaders since pretty much puck drop early in the year. So, yeah, no surprises in those three, but probably the biggest surprise in Saint Lawrence. Yeah, we'll talk
0: about those four teams uh, next week on the podcast. But let's, I always see a new format this year with the first round, and uh, in talking with a lot of these coaches, uh, Josh, they are not happy with this. Uh, Ron Fogarty really expressed. His uh, displeasure with it after Saturday's uh, game against Union because uh, to me I, I think it's 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 a bad format because it's going to what happens if the, like the 11 and 12 seeds Brown and Dartmouth end up winning that one game does, does that make does, does that really make it fair?
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can say that. Um, I think the idea behind it was you know to to kind of prepare teams more for the single elimination. Uh, you know, single elimination NCAA tournaments in the few weeks uh, upcoming. And I I do think, you know, um, you know, it does help scheduling, too, with, you know, with the women's uh, tournament being on campus. So if one of those teams hosts a championship weekend, you know, there's realistically six games ongoing, you know, that weekend on that ice. So it definitely helps that as well. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Coaches largely voted it. Against it, It Uh, the the administrators went forward with it um, for whatever reason, and uh, yeah, we are where we are. I mean, I know Don Vaughn was pretty uh, vocal when this first came out. I mean, this is we have to think about this too. This was a change; it didn't happen the off season. Yeah. That happened midseason so, you, you know, you prepare for these three-game series starting at the beginning of the year, and then, you know, mid-season, you get thrown for a loop when you, when you find out they're going to be this one-game, you know, winner-take-all type tournament in the first round. Um, I mean, you look at the other conferences, a lot of the other conferences are now doing this, you know, Hockey East has done this as well, um, a couple of the other conferences do it as well, and, you know... I can see why it was done by the administrators, but at the end of the day, the the fact that they went against the coaches is a little concerning to me. And like you said, if what, what happens if the eleven, let's say the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth seeds advance, what happens? Because yeah. we we know the format will probably go right back.
0: I recall back in the mid nineties, they they went to a one game quarterfinal format, and Harvard hosted RPI, and RPI was like the I think seven or eight seed. And RPI won that game. Guess what happened the next year? They went back to best of three.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, I mean, I almost feel like that might happen again. I, I just feel like this might be a test. I know, I know it's more exciting for the fans. Uh, probably i mean you have the three game series some of them you know the attendances can sometimes be all over the place but most schools in the ecac do relatively well i so i it kind of came as a surprise to me but i i mean i like i said i kind of expect the same thing to happen if there's a big upset this weekend like let's say dartmouth beats colgate like
0: oh there's yeah a... I,
4: feel, I feel like there might be some rolling on that one a little bit yeah i it's, think like... you know or Clarkson beating or not being losing to Brown or something like that. I,
0: I think what makes this really change somewhat questionable because yeah, you, know, you go one game elimination in the first round, but then you go back to best of three for the quarterfinals. So and then of course you have the single elimination in the semis and the championship, which is understandable. But you go one, then three, then one and one. It's kind of yeah, all over the place here.
4: Yeah, it seems kind of yeah, it seems kind of all over the place. And I mean. You know, you, we could make the NCAA tournament argument where it prepares teams more for that, but the teams are, you know, largely most likely the teams that are going to be there aren't really going to be participating in this one game playoff because they have the buys. Yeah. So it seems, you know, it seems a little questionable from the administrators to do this, but Hey, where are, where we are. And, you know, the rules are the rules. And, you know, as we, as I heard from, you know, Ted, you know, Ted Donato a few weeks ago with the bean pot with the shootout, you know, the rules are the rules, unfortunately. And, you know, we have to live by them. So yeah. here we are.
0: Well, let's uh, start breaking down some of these series. Let's start with the um, eight and nine matchup with Union and Princeton. Uh, the two teams just played on Saturday, and uh, Union winning that game three to one. They split the season series. Um, this team they've been really sort of familiar foes in the postseason over the last few years. This will be the fourth meeting uh, of the team since twenty seventeen and sixth overall. Uh, Prince has won three of the five uh, previous matchups uh, how do you look at this series? I mean, I, I, Prince is hurting right now, they're, they're missing their starting goaltender in uh, Ethan Pearson and they have uh, uh, other players that are hurt and, I mean, is this a series that Union can win?
4: Yeah, I mean, you look at just the result the other day. I mean, Union seemed to have the, the you know, at the upper hand on Princeton the other day. Um, you know, beating them three one. You know, that was a game that was largely three nothing. If I believe for for the most part until Princeton scored a third period goal. So, you know, you have to look at you know just based on last week and what happened last week. You have to look at, U- at Union as the favorite. Obviously, playing at home um, will be a big thing for them. Uh, as well, because as I said, most of the schools do pretty well. Union does pretty well with attendance wise, so there'll be a nice little atmosphere for a one game playoff um, on a Saturday night. So, yeah, I mean, Union's you know Union's coming along. I mean, you look at it; they're pretty young. They have some young, some good young players that are you know that they're coming to the forefront here. You know, Nate Hanley, John Parker up on defense. You know, plays like that that are coming up, and they have. They have some, they have some good, uh, some decent goaltending as well. I mean, obviously the goaltending be a little bit, you know, been a little bit uh, inconsistent this year. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to look at Union as the favorite, especially the way Princeton has played over the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, Union's been up uh, pretty good at home. I, I would say uh, that more than pretty good. Eleven and five at home this season. Yeah. Um, because their road record has been awful, two thirteen and 2 So if they do win and the, the, the advance, that's uh, going to be a tough situation there. But, uh, I mean, the you mentioned the goal to me. Connor Murphy have been struggling with uh, cramps uh, during the first half of the season. Seems to have uh, gotten over that situation and is playing well. And the penalty kill, except for that, yeah, you know, Cornell fiasco where they gave up 60, they've only allowed one... Um, uh, power play goals since then, and before that they only allowed three before that game in the uh, in a stretch. So, so uh, to me, it, 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 they've been inconsistent, but I think they have been playing pretty well.
4: Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. Like I said, it's amazing how one game can change the, uh, can change the perplexity You know, that um, crazy game against Cornell where they give up six pound play goals. And, you know, that just ruins the numbers for the year. It's just a small um, sample. It's such a small sample size. Sometimes we forget that in college hockey. Um, but, yeah, and largely against other teams, they've done rather pretty well on the on the special teams. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like, you know, you look at it, uh, Princeton struggling a little bit. Only a couple wins since, you know, early January. And, you know, Union seems to be kind of on the up, cropping up, up. And then they have, you know, the home ice. And yeah, a team that plays well on home ice, which is good. But, you know, you can always throw out, as we know, you know, over the years, you can always throw out these home road records, it seems, around the, during the postseason, especially in these one-game playoffs. It's going to come down to who gets the better goaltending. Yeah. Um, you know, if a goaltender gets hot... Um, I'll bring up one goaltender later who I think could steal a game. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the, you know, you look at the goaltending, you probably say, especially with Ethan Pearson down, you know, Union probably has the advantage there and in most areas of the ice. But that Princeton team was, you know, kind of a surprise for a while. They were up there. They were fighting for fifth, sixth, seventh for a little bit. And then, you know, kind of fell off down at the down the stretch here.
0: Yeah, I mean, the numbers I mentioned here, um, after the uh, Cornell game, uh, Union's only allowed one power play goal in 20 attempts. And before that, there was uh, just they only allowed three in 29 attempts, and Union's killed the last 10. So uh, they, they have been uh, I mentioned earlier in the podcast about their uh, um, penalty kill. So, I mean, it's been doing pretty well. And I, if they continue to do that, I think they'll be able to win this game on Saturday.
4: It's just weird to say game.
0: Yeah, I know. not
4: series. I I don't know. I just feel like it's weird to say just game. So yeah, I know anything can happen in these series too. So you know, nothing probably will be too surprising.
0: Well, let's move across uh, the capital region over the uh, Hudson River to uh, Troy, where RPI and Yale will hook up for a seven o'clock game Saturday. So if you Union fans who want to get a you know, double dose of college hockey, you can go over to RPI and see uh, the Engineers take on the Bulldogs. Um, the Bulldogs have been a um, Interesting team. I mean, they couldn't score early in the year. Then they, you know, beat Clarkson and Saint Lawrence at home. And uh, what is it about the ZL team that makes them very inconsistent, and maybe schizophrenic?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're very young. I mean, they only have a couple seniors, two seniors on the whole team um, that can obviously contribute it. Um, contribute to contribute to it as well. Um, but, you know, they also have Keith Lane behind the bench. I mean, you're looking at one of the, you know, top, probably one of the top co- ho- coaches in college hockey over the years, you know, getting the most out of his teams. I mean, you look at last year's team that was really short. He got the most out of this team. I feel like he's getting the most out of uh, the team this year as well. Um, and they had this kid, uh, Luke Pearson, that, you know, was putting up some godly numbers in net over the uh, early part of the first, second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, he didn't even play last weekend. I mean, he has a 2.25 GA, G-A and 0.9, save percentage. You look at the save percentage that 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 totally uh shows a pretty good goaltender right there um and that was actually even higher in the 940s uh, before the last couple games where he gave up four or five goals but he was injured uh, injured or out last week uh you know no no i have no update on that um but he wasn't in lineup last week so it will be interesting to see if he's back i think he probably holds the key for them on, on how good they are or can be uh, this weekend. But it's a one-game playoff, you know. Like anything can happen in these games. I mean, you look at RPI, like they've been kind of on a little bit of a run here lately as well. Um, and you, know, you look at it, it's a one-game playoff. I keep I keep yeah. emphasizing yeah. that one-game playoff thing, but I'm expecting anything in all to happen. I would not be surprised to see 9, 10, 11, 12
0: the advanced week, yeah. I mean RPI, yeah. They were really hurt by the transfer portal after yeah. last season, and then they've been uh, inconsistent. I mean, uh, yeah. Jack Watson has been benched a couple times in goal, but uh, he had a. Uh, I think he'll probably start on uh, on Saturday against Yale. And uh, what is it about the RPI that impresses you, and maybe or doesn't impress you?
4: No, as you said, they they did get hit hard. You know, with the uh, with the transfer portal and losing some players, and obviously the situation that them and their coach were in over the off season, where you know uh, Dave didn't have a contract for most of the summer, um, I think that affected a lot of things and what they did. But you know, they were another one of these teams. A lot of these teams that are playing this week and just haven't had the consistency. Um, you know, they'd go on good runs um, over time. I mean, you look at you look at RPI right now. They're six and four in their last, uh, you know, six and four in the last 10 conference games. Um, so, you know, they've been relatively above, above even over the past week, the past couple months. So, yeah, I mean, they have some, they have, they have some decent players as well. I mean, they, they obviously lost a good, a number of decent players, but Jacob Lee has kind of been, you know, kind of one of those guys. Ryan Massey has 14 goals on the year. Um, you know, they have some guys that can score, but as you said, the, the, um, goaltending has been largely inconsistent. though um, You know, Jack Watson has a you know three point oh eight GAA and eight point eight nine five save percentage. You largely you largely look at anything under you know nine ten nowadays save percentage as being you know a little, having a little bit of a rough season. So um, yeah, they definitely need to get some better goaltending over the next couple of weeks if they wish to have any success and uh, build over what they've been doing over the past you know
0: half decade or so. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, Josh. uh, We'll come back. We'll talk about the other two uh, games that are coming up Saturday, and we'll get our predictions uh, to our uh, hockey fans out there. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. Hey, Auto Racing fans. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is back. Here's how to play. Pick the top five finishers in the weekly NASCAR race and get a chance to win a $50 ShopRite gift card. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest is run by the Advertising Department and not affiliated with the Sports Department.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Tyler A. McNeil. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott.
0: Welcome back to the podcast as we continue our look at uh, the ECAC Hockey first-round uh, tournament single elimination games. I still can't get used to that fact. Uh, Josh Segan of the College Hockey News joining me here. and uh, uh, Let's take a look at the Colgate-Dartmouth game. Uh, now for 5-12 it should be an easy one for Colgate, but uh, to me, Colgate probably blew their chance of getting a first-round buy on a fluke, empty net goal back on February 3rd by Union's Nick Young with uh, just under a second left in the second period when Don Vaughn uh, pulled uh, his goaltender for an extra attacker you know, with a faceoff in the union zone, maybe trying to get a, a quick goal there that maybe nodded it at one, and instead of, they were down 2 nothing after the second period. I had never seen that in all my years of covering college hockey, but uh, to me, this Dartmouth has struggled all year, and I, I don't see this, this being game being much of a contest.
4: Yeah, I mean, you would think Colgate has the upper hand, but uh, you know they also haven't won in regulation since you know mid-January. So that's ultimately what's cost them um, anything in the, um, in terms of seating in the ECAC. I mean, you look at the talent that the Don has at his disposal. Disposal, he has uh, you know the young brothers, Matt Verboon. You know these are all thirty-plus point scores that possible, and you know they're just struggling to you know put put together the. I think a lot of it's being caused by, you know, two of their top defenders have been out for largely the last two months. In um, Pearson Brandon and uh, Anthony Starr, both those guys have been out for, for eight games over the past two months. So uh, that obviously seems to be one of the things with them. And, you know, it just seems like there's a lack of consistencies from Friday to Saturday. Like, you know, they've, they've struggled quite a bit on Fridays um all season and you know Saturdays have been pretty good hockey team so what that means for you know a one game playoff this one is the only one that I think is on Friday um I'm not sure why that's the case why this one's a little different but yeah so like yeah so it's it's kind of interesting to me these two teams are playing I mean Dartmouth as you said has largely struggled they have five wins with three of them against Yale um so you know they're going to have to, and one of them against Union. Sorry, Ken. Um, so, <laughs> so so yeah, I mean you you, you look at this series. I, I feel like this one will be you know feel like the easiest to pick, but you know this. This is this is the game really that could make or break it for the, these one game playoffs. This is the, I feel like this is the game that you know Colgate should win, mm-hmm. but who knows because it's a you know it's a one game playoff. I, I loved last week what um, Brent Brecky up at Saint Lawrence said about these one game playoffs. He's like, when the three game series usually, even if it takes three games, the best team comes out and wins. You know they find a way to win. In these one game playoffs there's really n- no chance yeah, you know there's really no chance for the better team um if they obviously if they lose the first game they don't have they don't have a chance to, to come back and find a way to win so it's it's interesting to me and th- this is the one to me that could break the camel's back I, I feel like you know, of course, Colgate should win it, but you know, in a one-game playoff, if Cooper Black finds his finds his game, the goaltender for for Dartmouth, you know, it could be a quick exit for for Donnie Vaughn's Colgate in a year. You know, they they could largely competed with some of the better teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I it's it's you mentioned it's a fact that I mean, if Dartmouth wins this game, I think all hell breaks loose. and ECZ hockey coaches will be all, all upset. Uh, about that situation uh, with the with this, the one game, but you never know. So um, another another team that could make things interesting, and they always have in the postseason, is Brown. They go to Clarkson. Uh, to me, this is ripe for uh, uh, Brendan Wittich to you know shut them down and play defensive hockey, don't allow many too many chances, frustrate Clarkson, and maybe they pull off an upset.
4: Yeah, I, I think this is the one I was I was alluding to earlier. I, I think if you look at the goalies in the uh, in the first round, you look if you look for a goalie that could possibly carry his team on his back, and I think Matthew Caron is that is that goalie um, that could really steal a game um, for Brown. He's he's largely gone under the radar in the ECAC worlds over the past you know, two years, but he's he's also been very good for Brown at times. And you know, you look at Brown they if. Good wins this year. They have a win against Providence. Um, other good wins. You know, you look at Matthew Caron. He has a two point four two on a largely team that's struggled. He has a two point four two GAA and a th- three save percentage. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a goalie and you want to pick up some money and find some place to bet, this is <laughs> this is probably a good one. I mean, um, just because of the goaltending. Um, you, you know, he's he's a guy that could that could. Steal a game. And then you know Clarkson has who knows uh with Clarkson, you know, they, they were predicted to be in the top three, top four early in the year, you know, preseason, obviously preseason's preseason. I think everybody largely expected them, oh hey, they'll pick it up at some point, they'll pick it up at some point. They never did. And it They never did. And, you know, at this point, it's just a team that, you know, they have. And if you look up and down, they lost a lot last year. They lost a lot of experience. Um, And, you know, they could be a model of, you know, you look at Quinnipiac now, you know, largely, you know, transfer portal, graduate, seniors, stuff like that. You know how is a team going to react when when that's not the makeup they have? Um, and you know, you're largely looking at it with with Clarkson this year. There's a lot of youth there. There's a lot of experience that have that has kind of dripped out um, over the past you know couple of years. And you know, they've largely struggled to pick up wins. Um, you know, they had a big win against Cornell a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, you sometimes you never know. It seems like them and Colgate are rather, largely the same. In a sense, like sometimes they, you know, they world beaters. Colgate beating, you know, Harvard tie with Cornell, Quinnipiac, and then Clarkson, you know, beating Cornell. And the next night, it could be they're losing to St. You know, getting swept by St. Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So. Or you know, not no, no disrespect to Saint Lawrence or anything, or you know, or getting you know losing to RPI or Union or you know stuff like that. So it's 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 a tough one. Um, so they never actually picked it up, and um, yeah, I mean this one to me just seems right. Just, it just seems right for some kind of an upset.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Clarkson losing the course, One of the losses they had was uh, Josh Algie behind the bench uh, going to Union, yeah. so maybe, maybe that was a factor too.
4: Yeah, I mean, you have to wonder. If, you have to wonder if that's a uh, one of the factors. But they also lost their their other assistant too. So there's been a lot of turnover there. Um, it's hard to replace some of that turnover because assistant coaches and associate coaches play a big role in how these college teams operate um, over the years. And how you have been there for a while and had a lot of success there? Um, and, you know they um yeah i mean like larson at they're they're just good there's some good players there on um on paper i mean they should largely be competing you think with the top teams but you know sometimes it doesn't always come together um and that seems like what's exactly happened i mean alex campbell's you know top player you know airton martino is a top player for them and you know some of their freshmen i like some of their freshman talent as well um but yeah, it's largely not come together and you know, look at it, maybe this is the one where you say, "Hey, maybe this is the upset waiting to happen."
0: Yeah. All right, let's make our picks here. We'll start with that Friday game, Colgate and Dartmouth. Uh,
4: Colgate 4-1.
0: Yeah, I'll go on Colgate 5-1. So, yeah. um Union Princeton.
4: Uh, let's see Union
0: 4 three overtime Oh Mr Overtime will be in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for I'm going for two Union I think they'll get empty that gold to, to win it. Um, uh, RPI Yale RPI three two okay I'll go RPI um, three one just because I DL can't score and uh, Brown Colgate, uh, Brown Clarkson.
4: Clarkson, 2-1 in overtime.
0: I'll go 3-2 in double overtime.
4: In double overtime. <laughs> You're not there, so it'll have to only be one overtime.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Josh, appreciate that. Uh, just tell people where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm
4: Josh 124 I'm always around, and uh, yeah. Always, always happy to be on with you, Ken, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again. Hopefully, yeah. we see you up in Lake Placid, yeah. maybe.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh. So, of course, we got the NCAA basketball tournament here that same weekend, so we'll, it's going to be uh, nuts. So, but uh, we'll we'll do this again next week. Talk uh, preview the quarterfinals. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. All right, that's Josh Siegen, college hockey news. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
4: If you really want to know what's going on in your community,
2: you have to read the Daily Gazette.
4: We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and
2: we're going to get to the
4: truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in communities community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's
0: what we do. Hi, this is Union College Athletic Director, Jim McLaughlin. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Shot. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 2 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Jay Ellis of Schuylerville with 65 points. Jay wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Jay! The VIP winner was Jerry Peel of Frankensons Sons with 10 points. I'll announce the Auto Racing Contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. To play, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. The Daily Gazette has a new sports podcast. It's called Full Court Press Row. Hosted by Michael Kelly, Adam Schinder, and Will Springstead, Full Court Press Row takes a comprehensive look at the Siena and U Albany men's and women's basketball programs. Full Court Press Row is available wherever you get your podcast. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on how COVID-19 is affecting us in the capital region. I wanna thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this situation. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated or a booster shot, please do so, do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots Podcast. I want to thank Josh Segan and members of the Union College men's hockey team for being a part of the show. I'll have a Union men's hockey game podcast following Saturday's game, and I hope you tune in. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. Views expressed on the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Party Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.